Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. We're starting a new series this morning. It's our Heart for the House series. It's our annual vision series, and it's going to be for the next uh, six uh, messages in the series. And uh, this uh, series is titled 2024, A Year of More. How many want more? Amen. Only about 50% of you. Let me ask that one more time. How many of you want more? Amen. All right. That's a little bit better. I think some of you are sitting back and saying, what more? What, what kind of more, Pastor? <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. But it's all good stuff. Amen. This morning's message is titled, Expect More. Expect More. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the healing of the lame man at the gate, beautiful, that's recorded in Acts chapter 3. Many of you are familiar with the story. Peter and John were on their way up to the temple to pray. And at the gate of the temple, uh, there was a, a, a man who was born lame. And every day he was lame at the gate beautiful at the temple to beg for his daily needs but on this particular day Peter and John were passing by as he stretched out his hand and asked them for some money and in verse 5 it says that he gave heed unto them or or he paid attention to them he fixed his gaze upon them he gave heed unto them expecting everybody say the word expecting expecting to receive something from them Now, those are powerful words, folks. You see, this man had gotten the attention of Peter and John, and he expected to receive something from them. What he was expecting was probably, you know, a few coins to meet his needs so he could buy a meal for that day and just survive another day. But the man was expecting something. But what he got was exceedingly abundantly above all that he asked or expected. Amen? Because he didn't just get a handful of coins. Amen? God did a miracle that day and healed him. Peter and John said to him, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. How much easier is it today for us to take some money out of our pocket than to say, I have something much better to give you. They said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter and John declared that expecting something to happen. Amen. There's that expectancy again. And the Bible says, as they took him by the hand, His feet and ankle bones received strength and he leapt up to his feet and he walked and entered the temple walking and jumping and praising God. What an incredible miracle, amen? In fact, you know, the temple was packed with thousands of people that day because it was an appointed time of prayer. And the scripture says that when the people saw the man jumping and leaping and praising God, they were all amazed because they knew that they knew this man. They passed by that gate day after day, year after year. They recognized him. They knew that he was lame and they saw him walking. They saw a miracle. And that day, Peter preached to them that this was Jesus through faith in Jesus' name that has made this man whole. And that day, the Bible says 5,000 men. Now, scholars say if you add in the women and children that were there that day, probably be 10,000. But 5,000 men were saved. What an incredible story, amen? And we think to ourselves, I would love to see that happen. But do we say that with expectancy? Do we really believe that it's going to happen? Now, I'm going to tell you a story of how it can happen today. We were having a Friday night prayer meeting several years ago. And um, in that prayer meeting, um, it wasn't the healing prayer ministry. It was just a prayer meeting. And, um, you know, the first part of the prayer, we were off just in our own place praying. And I was in that corner against the stairs that lead up to the platform. And I was just praying and and interceding. And um, somebody had heard the music that was passing by in the shopping center and they came in and they were sitting towards the back. And um, I didn't know the story that had gone on at that point. All I knew was that a couple of ushers came and got me and said, Pastor Maria, there's a crazy lady in the back parking lot asking to see you. And I thought to myself, you know, as spiritual as I am, I said in myself, I said, isn't that what we have ushers for to deal with the crazy people? (laughs) 
But I didn't say it out because I allowed the Holy Spirit to just. So I got up and, I, and graciously followed them and they took me out the back door and as I stepped out the back door, this crazy lady came running at me as fast as she could and she said, are you the pastor? Are you the pastor? At that moment, I didn't know if I wanted to answer yes or not. But I did and I said, yes, I am. How can I help you? She said, I gotta tell you what happened. I gotta tell you what happened. So she began to tell the story how she heard the music. She was passing by in the shopping center. She actually had a beeper for what used to be Outbacks um, and, and she was waiting to be called for her table and she was walking down here and um, heard the music and she slipped in and she sat towards the back. And about that time, she said there was a woman that was kneeling down. The woman's name was Mabel. She was a member of our church for many years until they moved on. But Mabel was on her knees, and she was praying. And Mabel later told me that at that moment, she said, the Lord said to her, look up, I want you to minister to somebody. And as she looked up, she saw this woman that had walked in. So I'm filling in both stories, what the woman is telling and what Mabel later told. And so Mabel got up, and she thought the Lord wanted her to present the gospel and minister salvation to this woman. So she got up, sat next to the lady and started talking to her about Jesus. And uh, when she was done presenting the gospel, she asked the lady, would you like to pray and accept Jesus as your savior? So the woman nodded and said, yes. So Mabel said, okay, come with me to the front, to the altar. And as Mabel stood up, she realized the woman was reaching under the chairs in front of her to get out to crutches, two metal crutches. At that moment, Mabel, who was a very shy person, felt bad because she said, I realized I could pray with her right there, but I didn't want to make the situation awkward and tell her, no, you don't have to come to the front. You know how that is. You know how we argue within ourselves. So she waited patiently for the lady until the lady came down to the front, and then Mabel started leading her in the sinner's prayer. In the middle of leading her in the sinner's prayer, the woman screamed and ran out of the church. You're not picking up on it yet. She ran out of the church. So the woman tells me when she's telling the story, she said, I'm sorry if I interrupted by screaming. She said, but when the woman started praying with me, she said there was a heat that went through my whole body. And she said, my legs filled out. She said, I had just, she had been injured in a rollover car accident. The car had rolled over three times. She was paralyzed in her legs, very little mobility, and she had just been fitted for new crutches so that they would be tighter, because you know, after a while, your muscles start to atrophy and shrink. So they had just fitted her for a new set of crutches, and, and, and it was very tight. She said when her legs filled out, she could feel the pain of the straps of the crutches that were um, pressing into her, the braces that she had on that were pressing into her. I'm sorry, I, I was mistaking, it was braces, and then she walked with crutches. And so um, she said, I ran to the bathroom to take the braces off. And, um, and then she ran out the back door and started running around the back parking lot screaming. Amen. Folks, the same God that worked through Peter and John worked through Mabel that night. And Mabel didn't even know it. Mabel was just leading the woman to Christ. But the Holy Spirit was flowing through her. Amen? And the woman was healed that day. Praise the Lord. God is still in the healing business. He is still in the miracle working business. Praise the Lord. And the same way that that lame man looked at Peter and John expecting to receive something from them, that the same way that Peter declared, rise up and walk with expectancy that God would show up and do a miracle is the same way that we must set our eyes upon God today with expectancy. Amen? Read with me, if you will, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. I encourage you to memorize these verses and declare them daily. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, so often we put God in a box with our logical minds. And we set certain limitations in our mind on what God can or cannot do. Or we limit God by our experience because we have not seen God do something. We think he cannot do it or he will not do it. But just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean that he's not able or that he won't, amen? As believers, 
we would, we would all be ready to say, nothing is impossible for God. But let me ask you, if you had been in Peter and John's shoes that day, and you saw a man who was lame from birth, would you really have expected God to heal him that instant? Got quiet in here. That's where we can say amen or oh me. Paul declares that God shatters our box. Amen? God cannot be confined to our limitations. The things that limit us do not limit our God. Hallelujah. Paul declares that God's ability to act, to move, to do is so great that it is far beyond anything that we can ask or imagine. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know what? God works in partnership with us. Look at the next part of that statement. It says, according to what? The power that is working in us. What is the power that is working in us? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Just the chapter before, the 120 in the upper room had been filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you look earlier in Ephesians 1, verses 19 and 20, Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding might be opened, that we might know what is the puny weakness of the power that works in us. No, that's not what it says. It doesn't say puny weakness. If your Bible says that, you got a, a, a clearance Bible from Walmart. Something's wrong with us, typo. And the Bible says, what? According to the, that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. What kind of power? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Folks, if the power of the Holy Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, what can he not do? Hallelujah. Romans 8, 11 says it's the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Luke 24 through 49 says Jesus commanded his followers to wait in Jerusalem until they were clothed with power from on high. Hallelujah. And in obedience, 120 waited in Jerusalem. They prayed for 10 days because, folks, power doesn't flow apart from prayer. Let me just say that again. Power doesn't flow apart from prayer. They waited in the upper room. They prayed for 10 days. And then on the day of Pentecost, the fire from heaven came. There was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This was the outpouring of the promise of power that Jesus had given them in Luke 24, 49 and Acts 1, 8. Now, I want you to understand something. Speaking in tongues is not just about speaking a language that you have never learned. Speaking in tongues is not just about the wonderful blessing of having your own personal prayer language, although that is wonderful. But speaking in tongues is the first sign that you have entered in to a supernatural dimension of life and ministry. And every time thereafter you speak in tongues, it is a miracle taking place for you to speak in a language that you have never learned before. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. It is a sign that the miraculous is working in you. It is a sign that the superabundant power of God is flowing through you. Hallelujah. And why is that power flowing through us? Just so that we can have goosebumps and shout and holler and dance in the presence of the Lord? No. So that we can do what Peter and John did so that we can minister to those in need in the power of the Holy Spirit and they will experience deliverance. They will experience healing. They will experience the miracle working power of God to change their life. I want to tell you something. There was only one brand of Christianity in the New Testament and it was Holy Spirit baptized Christianity. In Acts 8, after Peter had, after, um, Peter had preached in Samaria, uh, excuse me, after Philip had preached in Samaria, uh, they got baptized, so almost the whole town got saved. They get water baptized, but news gets back to Jerusalem that none of them as of yet has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what do they do? They send Peter and John down. Why? To pray for them. 
that they might be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why the urgency? Because they understood the absolute necessity of being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live like God has called us to live and to do what he has called us to do. Again, in Acts 19, Paul goes to, to Ephesus and he finds a group of believers. And his first question to them is, not, have you taken the membership class? His first question to them is not, are you a part of a life group, even though those things are important, but there's something more important. His first question to them is, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard that there's any such thing. So he began to teach them about the Holy Spirit. And then he prayed for them. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and prophesy. So from the direct teachings and command of Jesus, the early church understood the absolute necessity of the baptism in the Holy Spirit for every believer. Some may ask, well, pastor, do you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No. We are saved through faith in Christ alone. But we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to stay on earth so that we can live the life he's calling us to live and we can do the work that he has called us to do. Amen? God wants to flow through us in miracle working power that he might be glorified in his church. That's what we just read in Ephesians. That he might be glorified in his church by Christ Jesus. Just like the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful that exalted the name of Jesus and brought thousands to faith in him, God wants to do the same thing today through us by the power of the Holy Spirit so that others will experience his great power and will give glory and honor to his name. Hallelujah. That's why in Matthew 16... Uh, excuse me, in Mark 16, 15 through 18, he's telling us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. What kind of signs? Healing, speaking in tongues, delivered. These signs shall follow them that believe. Folks, miracles, signs, and wonders should be following us. We're not supposed to be following after them. You know, there's folks that follow after the, oh, big name preacher evangelist is going to be in town. We got to go to this big meeting because supposedly the, the, the signs are following. No, you're not supposed to be following after signs. The signs are supposed to be following after you. Amen? We need to be empowered by the Spirit because miracles, signs, and wonders are supposed to be happening today through everyone that believes. He says, these signs will follow big name televangelists. No, these signs will follow those who believe. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, do you believe? Turn to your other neighbor and ask him, do you believe? If you answered yes to that question, then these signs should be following after you. We need to be operating in the supernatural operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Notice that Paul says in Ephesians 3.21, this is supposed to be happening in where? Every generation. In every generation. This was not just for the first century church as some people teach or believe. This is supposed to be happening in every generation. That means it's supposed to be happening today. Paul grasped that truth. He understood the greatness of the power that was working in him. And for that reason, the Bible tells us in Acts 19.11 that God was doing extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. You know, I'm fascinated by that word extraordinary because it means that miracles were the ordinary course of ministry in that day. Are you hearing me? Miracles were happening on an ordinary basis in the early church. But through Paul, God started to do extraordinary miracles so that the Bible says even the sweat rags off of his body could be taken to the sick and they would be healed. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. You know, even on Azusa Street back in the early 1900s, which was the beginning of the modern-day Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a writer by the name of Edith Blumhofer, who is a Pentecostal historian, said that miracles were 
the norm. Miracles were the norm taking place on a daily basis. That's in the early 1900s when the Spirit was beginning to be poured out. Folks, that's what God wants today. His exceedingly great power is flowing through us, and He wants the miraculous to be the norm in our lives and ministries. You know, you look at Paul, through Paul multiplied, thousands came to Christ, the sick were healed, the possessed were delivered, the dead were raised back to life. Prisons were shaken, cell doors were opened, and whole cities came to Christ. The power of God was flowing in a mighty way through Paul. And Paul prayed with expectancy because he knew the God who he served. Folks, our expectations of what God can and will do today, of what God wants to do through us, is far too low. I'm going to say that again. Our expectations of what God can and will do through us today are far too low. How do I know? Because we are not seeing miracles take place as the norm every day through us. Through us. I pray that this message today will encourage us to expect God to move as we focus on what God is able to do and what he desires to do through us. Amen? Our vision statement is to be a church not contained within the walls, reaching into every sector of the community in the love of Christ with the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't go into the world with words only. We don't go with a lifeless message. We have been sent with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And oftentimes why we're not seeing as great a response as we ought to is because we're not allowing this God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, we're not allowing him to move through us the way he wants to move. Amen? We need to expect God to move because God is able. Underline that word, able. Paul said, now unto him who is able. He didn't say, now unto him who is unable but unto him who is able. The infinite power of God has no limits. His power of God, the power of God was best displayed in creation. You know, the word able means possessing the power to accomplish. And his power to accomplish is nowhere more clearly displayed than in creation. Job said, God stretched out the northern sky over empty space and hung the earth on nothing. Like God just took his hand and wiped it across the vacuum of nothingness and spread the canopy of the galaxies in its place with every star, with every sun, with every moon, with every planet. He just waved his hand and put it up there and hung it on nothing. Before anything was, God created everything out of nothing and then hung it on nothing. Have you ever tried to hang something on nothing? It won't stay, I can guarantee you. But you know what? Take, for instance, the earth. It's just a suspended ball in the middle of nothing. And yet God keeps it there in its orbit. That's the awesomeness of the God that we serve. And when there was nothing, God just said, let there be. And it came into being. It was created. That's the power of his word. 
that his word has the power to create. His word has the power to accomplish. He said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish everything for which I have sent it forth. Folks, the word of God is powerful when we declare it and when we speak it in faith. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. There is no limit to God's power. And that's why Jeremiah declared, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Is there anything too hard for you? Oh, hallelujah. There is nothing too hard for our God. And the immeasurable greatness of God defies human description. Paul can't even find a word to describe it. So what does he do? He just stacks one superlative. A superlative means something to the extreme degree. He just stacks one superlative on top of another. He says, God is able to do exceedingly. But that's not enough. Abundantly. Oh, but that's not enough. Above. Oh, but that's not enough. All that you can ask or imagine. Hallelujah. You know, with our finite human minds, it's so difficult for us to really comprehend the infinite greatness of our God. I mean, even just the concept of being infinite, of being without limits, is beyond us because everything we know has limits. That's why we so often put God in a box because in our thinking, we bring him down to our level and confine him to our human limitations. Folks, we have such puny thoughts of God. Such puny thoughts of God because our thoughts of God are puny. Our prayers are anemic. We really don't expect much to happen so we don't see much happen. We need to expect more. I'm expecting more in 2024. I'm expecting God to move. Hallelujah. Because that which is impossible with man is made possible through God. Hallelujah. Another one of my favorite scripture verses, Jeremiah 33, 3. Write it down. It's God's phone number. Jeremiah 33, 3. God says, call to me and I will answer you. Not maybe, not we'll see. I will answer you and do what? Show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, that phrase, mighty things, in the Hebrew is a word that means inaccessible, fortified, or fenced off. And so what God is saying is, you have a limitation. There, there, there is a, a fence that stops you, that cuts you off from certain things, that make you think that certain things are not possible. But God is saying, I have no fences. I have no limitations. Call upon me and I will answer you and I will do things that to you are impossible. But for me, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. With God, nothing is impossible. Turn to your neighbor and say, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. So just when the womb gets too old for babies, Sarah at 90 years old gets pregnant because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when the Israelites think they've reached a dead end at the Red Sea in front of them, a mountain on either side and Pharaoh's army behind, then God does a miracle and parts the waters because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when the Israelites think that they will perish from hunger in the wilderness, God sends bread from heaven every day to feed them because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when they think they will die of thirst in the desert, God sends water flowing like a river from a rock because with God, nothing is impossible. 
just when the enemy seems too large and the battle too hard, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when the giant seems too fierce for 40 days defying the armies of Israel saying where is your God now and all of Israel trembling in their boots suddenly God sends a little boy named David with a slingshot hallelujah and guides the rock right to Goliath's forehead and Goliath falls dead because with God nothing is impossible hallelujah just when the flames that are so hot get ready to consume the three Hebrew children, God sends a fourth man in the fire and he delivers them. And when they're brought out of the fire, there's not even the smell of smoke upon them because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when Daniel is about to become lunch meat, God sends an angel and stops the mouths of lions. Hallelujah. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when the centurion's servant is about to die, Jesus speaks the word of healing and instantly the servant is healed. Why? Because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when the disciples fear they will drown because of the fierce storm on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus comes and he says, Peace, be still. And the winds and the waves are calmed and their lives are saved. Why? Because with God, nothing is impossible. Just when the Romans and the Jews thought they had rid the world of this troublemaker named Jesus. God raises him back from the dead on the third day. Hallelujah. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Praise the Lord. Just when Jesus' cold and lifeless body lay in the tomb, Satan celebrated, thinking he had won the ultimate victory. But the risen Lord descended and stripped him of the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah! Because with God, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah! Just when the doctors told me I had stage three cancer, a rare cancer that did not respond well to chemo and radiation, God healed me because with God, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Get this in your spirit. Nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, are you getting into your spirit? We have been expecting far too less. We need to expect more. Because our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or imagine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to expect more. We need to expect God to move. Because his power is working in us. Paul said it according to the power that is working in us. You, hallelujah. Folks, we are filled with the fullness of God. That was Paul's prayer in verse 19. That we would be filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with the Spirit is to have the fullness of God dwelling in you. The same God that we just got all excited about. The fullness of him is dwelling in us. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. I want you to picture it this way. 
Imagine you're next to a Hyundai Excel. That was my first car after Bible college. They had just come to the United States, little four-cylinder engine. Didn't have much pickup, went zero to 60 in about 10 minutes. <laughs> but just imagine, you pull up next to a Hyundai Excel at the stoplight, but you're driving a Ferrari, you know, one of those high-performance racing engines. And the Hyundai driver glares over at you and steps on the gas, you know, kind of revving the engine and gives you this challenging stare that says, let's race. And you're driving a Ferrari. So you think not that any of us would ever race on a city street. Hallelujah. Amen. This is just a theoretical illustration. All right. Hallelujah. So he stares at you with a stare that says, let's race. You're driving a Ferrari, so you think, let's get it on. It's going to be a piece of cake. My car is going to leave you in dust while it's in idle. <laughs> so the light turns green. The tires burn. Both of you peel out. And to your astonishment, the XL just takes off and leaves you in the dust. And you're left bewildered. How could that happen? But later on, you discover that the owner of the XL had an engine change. <laughs> and they had installed a jet engine in that little XL. The XL didn't look like much on the outside, but it had some power under the hood. Hallelujah. Oh, folks. We might not look like much on the outside. Our church might not look like much on the outside. We don't have a multi-billion dollar building. We don't have a, 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 a mega church with thousands of people. But some of those churches, not all of them, some of those churches, they don't have anything under the hood. They look good like a Ferrari on the outside, but they don't have anything under the hood. We may not look like much on the outside. Oh, hallelujah. But the power of Almighty God. The God that created the heavens and the earth. The God that raised Jesus from the dead. He is dwelling in us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that means there are no limits to what he can do through us to reach our city. And this means that there is nothing impossible as God's power flows through us. Hallelujah. Paul is saying this great big God who far exceeds all of our expectations and stretches our imagination, this God is at work in us. And we can do great things for God. Our church can do great things for God because God's power is at work in us. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Now stop just for a moment. Close your eyes. What is the greatest thing that you could imagine God doing through you to reach others? The greatest thing that you could imagine God using you for? Picture it. And then God says, uh-uh, that's way too small. Think bigger. Because whatever you imagine is nothing compared to what I can and will do through you when you step out in faith. You know, we rejoice when a few people get saved. And I'm glad almost every Sunday we have people saved here. Praise God for that. But in the book of Acts, whole cities were being saved. And my heart yearns to see the city of Pembroke Pines the city of Hollywood to our east, 
the city of Miramar to our south, the city of David, Davy to our north. My heart yearns for these cities in mass to come to Jesus and to give glory to God. Hallelujah. Philip, a layperson, preached in Samaria. And God did many mighty miracles through him. And the people believed because of what they heard and what they saw. Folks, God wants people to see that he's real. He wants people to see his glory today. God wants to do what he did through Philip, what he did through Paul. God wants to do that today and more through me and through you. God wants to work powerfully in miracles and signs and wonders to bring this entire city to him. And he can do it and he wants to do it because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is working in us. Just got to let that power flow. We need to expect more. Because God desires to glorify his name. In verse 20, Paul says to him, Be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Through his power working in us, it will bring glory to him in this generation through Jesus Christ. God wants to do great things in and through us so that he may be glorified in the world through his church. He wants people to see how great he is. There's a whole lot of people that don't even think he exists. He wants people to see how great he is. By the things that he does through his church. And his church is you. And his church is me. And his exceeding great power is flowing through you. And it's flowing through me. And he wants to make himself manifest in the world. God wants to do great things in and through us today. Through every generation. This is not just something God did in Bible days. Something he wants to do today. I'm going to tell you a few stories about how God moves today. Several years ago, when we were in our small building behind what is now Hook and Real Restaurant, we had a nurse named Tony that attended our church. And uh, it's now Jackson North, before I think it was Palmetto General. But um, she called me and she said, Pastor, could you come? I'm in the ICU, I work in the ICU. Said there's a 19-year-old young man that has Garen Berets. And she said, you know, Garen Berets is a progressively paralyzing disease. It starts in your extremities and it moves through the body. And if it eventually progresses to the point of paralyzing your uh, vital organs, you die. He was to the point where they were just waiting for his heart to be paralyzed and he would die. 19 years old, completely paralyzed, could not move. And she said, my heart is just breaking for him. Could you come and minister to him? And so I drove down to Jackson North and I went into the ICU where this young man was. And it was a pitiful thing to see. He had been in ICU for three months and he looked like a skeleton, like a bag of bones. And I just walked over to him and I was introduced to him. His name was Dwayne. And I started to talk to him about Jesus and tell him that Jesus loved him and that Jesus wanted to forgive him of his sins. And no matter what happened, he would know that he's right with God. And I presented the gospel to him. And I said, Dwayne, I know that you can't talk. I said, but I will lead you in a prayer if you want to accept Jesus as your savior and receive his gift of salvation and be forgiven of your sins. I said, if you want to pray that prayer, just blink your eyes twice and let me know, and I'll pray it with you. So with great strain, he blinked his eyes twice, and I led him in the sinner's prayer. He couldn't speak it audibly, but he spoke it inside as I led him. And then when he was done praying for salvation, I said, you know what, Dwayne? God loves you so much. He doesn't just want to save your soul, forgive you of sins, and get you ready for heaven. But the Bible also says that he's a healing God. And I began to share healing scriptures with him. And I said, Dwayne, I said, do you believe what I just shared with you? Do you believe that God can heal you? If you do, blink your eyes twice. And he blinked his eyes twice. I said, well, Dwayne, I'm going to pray for you right now. And Tony was there, the nurse, and, and we prayed with Dwayne, and we prayed for healing. 
When we finished praying, he seemed to be in the same state that he was, and I got ready to leave, and then the person in the next ICU booth had heard and said, can you come pray? You know, the family said, can you come pray? And I prayed for like two or three people that day beyond way. But anyway, making a long story short, the next day, Tony called me, and she's screaming on the phone. So, pastor, 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 you can't believe it. You don't know what happened. And I said, calm down, Tony, because I can't understand a thing that you're saying. She said, you know what happened this morning? The, 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 the physical therapist or whatever the title is came in, you know, and what they did every day was they tested Dwayne's sensitivity if he could feel anything. So they would like prick the bottom of his foot or prick his leg or whatever to see if there was any sensitivity. And they said, uh, she came in today and, and she pricked his foot and, and he moved his foot. Amen. And he hadn't done that in three months. And, 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 and she got shocked. The physical therapist got shocked. So she put her, foot, her hand against his foot, and she said, Dwayne, if you can, kick against my, foot, my hand. And he kicked her hand. And then she said, the next thing he started doing, he started doing his legs like he was riding a bicycle. The physical therapist knocked over her tools, ran out of the room screaming and saying, look, look, come, you've got to see this. Amen. And they all, all the staff ran into Dwayne's room and saw what was happening. And they were all, you know, in awe. And they were like, how could this happen? Wow. And Tony said, let me tell you how this could happen. And she started telling them about Jesus. Hallelujah. And the whole ICU department heard about Jesus that day because God started to heal Dwayne. Now, before I left Dwayne's room the day I prayed for him, I said, Dwayne, when God raises you up from this bed, I want you to come to my church and I want you to tell the people what God did for you. And I left the information for the church there with him. Anyhow, about three or four months later, I'm on the platform, the service is in progress, and as I'm leading the service, all of a sudden, Tony lets out a scream. And she says, it's Dwayne! And I looked up in the back of the church and I, I almost didn't recognize him because in walked a young man that now looked like a football player from a bag of bones. Wow. He now looked like a football player. Amen. And he said, Pastor, I'm here to keep the promise I made you. And he came up to the front and he gave testimony to the name of Jesus. And he said, Pastor, he said, my mama was a Christian and she was praying for me my whole life. He said, when I became a teen, I got away from the Lord. I got in drugs. I was with women. I, I have children out of wedlock, and I really got far away from God. He said, but God met me that day in the hospital room. And he not only saved me, but he healed me, and now I'm going to serve God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Folks, God wants to show up and show off so that the world will know that he is real. Hallelujah. And that they will glorify his name. Hallelujah. Several years ago, when we started our church, family was attending here, and they were friends of Ruthie sitting right over here. Ruthie's been a member of our church now for almost 33 years. Ruthie had lupus, and they told Ruthie, come to church. We believe in miracles. And Ruthie came to church, and Jesus healed Ruthie of lupus. 33 years healed and serving Jesus. I mentioned to you that we have a healing prayer ministry on Friday nights, and we have seen God do incredible miracles and deliverances on Friday night, and I'm going to share one of those with you before we close. There was a lady named Linda, and she was at the oncology department at Mount Sinai Hospital on Miami Beach, and the doctors had just given her the very devastating news that she had stage four cancer, and that there was nothing that they could do, that she needed to go home and get her affairs in order. Linda was in her 30s, I think she was 34 years old, had two young boys as a single mom, now being given a death sentence. She walked out of the doctor's office, devastated, and one of our nurses who worked in the outer office saw her countenance and spoke to her and asked her what was wrong. And so she shared the news with this nurse, and the nurse began to tell her about Jesus and say, we have a healing prayer ministry on Friday nights. If you come, God can do a miracle for you. This lady lives in Homestead. It's over an hour away. She made an appointment 
drove up that Friday now, night. Now, when, when we were going full swing with our healing prayer ministry pre-COVID, we had 10 teams, because we have teams of two or three people that pray for one person for an hour. And um, we were booked up every Friday night, even had a waiting list. Well, that particular Friday night, she was delayed. There was a terrible accident on I-95. You know how I-95 traffic is. So the lady with cancer was delayed. And normally, if somebody doesn't show up for their healing prayer ministry appointment, we have people waiting. So we put them in the group. So if she had shown up late, there generally wouldn't be a team available to pray with her. But God is so good, he also delayed three of our healing prayer ministers in that same accident. So they arrived just a few minutes before she arrived and the other nine teams were already taken and I had already sent home the extra people that were waiting. So God even reserved a prayer team for this. That's how much our God loves people. Amen. Now the nurse that had recommended her here was waiting for her in the lobby with me. When she came in, the woman's countenance was obviously fallen and, and very depressed. And I took her in and I put her with the prayer team. They began praying with her. After they prayed with her, after the, the prayer session was over with, she came out, her whole countenance was changed. You could see visibly the difference. And so um, the, the nurse that was waiting on her, thank you, the nurse that was waiting on her, um, they asked her, she said, what happened? She said, you look so different. Something obviously happened. And so um, she said, I don't know what happened. She said, I was there. Somebody was praying for me. She said, two other people were praying in languages I don't even understand. They were praying in tongues for her. She said, but while they were praying, she said, two men in white came and sat on either, stood on either side of me and said, don't be afraid. I'm going to heal you. And she said at that moment, she said the fear, the depression, everything lifted. And she said, I feel such peace and such joy. And so anyway, we encouraged her to come back the next week. She came back the next week, the following week. Um, she said she felt God say to her, she was healed. And she left here. We didn't see her again. And then about four years later, I received a card in the mail with a letter. And she said, my name is Linda. I don't know if you remember me. And she explained the whole story. Yeah. And she said, I want to thank you for opening your church to strangers. And I want to thank you for the people of your church loving us enough to pray for us. She said, because four years ago, I left the doctor's office thinking I was going to die within weeks. But God healed me. And she said, four years later, four years later, I am cancer free. I'm serving Jesus, and I'm taking my two boys with me to church in Homestead. Can you say hallelujah? God is so good. Folks, that's what God wants to do. And the folks that prayed with her, they weren't pastors, they weren't evangelists, they weren't missionaries. They were just people from this congregation in whom the fullness of Almighty God was dwelling through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit flowed through them to heal this woman of cancer. That's what God wants to do through you. Amen. Hallelujah. God has not filled us with the Holy Spirit just so that we can speak in tongues and jump and holler and shout. And I love to do that. But he has filled us with the Holy Spirit so that he can use us to glorify his name as he works through us in miracles and signs and wonders. My prayer is, Lord, Work through us, work through this, your church, in miracles and signs and wonders in an increased magnitude as we have never seen before. Lord, use us. Let your power flow through us, hallelujah, at our job, in our neighborhood, at the store, wherever I go. Use me. Let your power flow through me. Because, folks, the Holy Spirit can do a miracle in public just as easily as he can at this altar. He just needs a willing vessel. Amen. God wants to use you. God wants to flow through you. God wants to do the miraculous through you. And God wants to bring souls into his kingdom through you. 
But the first step to experience the power and presence of God moving in and through your life is to enter into a relationship with him by repenting of your sins. The word repent simply means to turn away from. We realize that we're heading in the wrong direction. We're heading on a path of destruction, living life our way, and we make a U-turn and say, God, forgive me of living that way. I don't want to live like that anymore. Now I turn to follow you and to seek after you. That's what repentance is. And the Bible says that we come to Christ and we are born again. We are made spiritually alive when we repent of our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's the beginning of a lifelong journey of learning to love and follow the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today and you would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to God. I want to, to turn my life over to Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sins, and I want to have a relationship with God. I want to know the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that you just described. I want that. I need that in my life. So if that's you today and you'd say, pray for me, Pastor, I want to come to Jesus, or you'd say, pray for me, Pastor, I want to come back to Jesus. Maybe you've drifted away and you need to come back. But if that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to have a relationship with God, or I want to come back to Jesus. If that's you, just slip your hand right up. You can put it right back down. Is there anyone this morning? Just give a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's one back there, another one back there. All right, thank you, Blanche, thank you. Is there anyone else? Amen. All right, keep it with your head still bowed, I'm gonna ask those that just raised your hands and I'm gonna encourage the entire church to pray this prayer with me as these two receive Christ as their savior this morning. Would you pray this prayer, dear Jesus? I believe that you are the son of God and I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent, I turn away from my sinful life, and I turn to you in faith. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We congratulate you on making the best decision of your life. And that prayer is uh, the first step. It's the beginning of a lifelong journey of learning to love and follow Jesus. And we want to help you in that journey. So if you just prayed that prayer, we want to send you free of charge a little e-booklet that will help you take your next steps to keep growing in the Lord. So if you will take out your cell phone and just text your email address because we need your email to send this e-booklet to you. So please just take out your phone and text your email address to the number on the screen so that we can send you this little e-booklet. But once again, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. We are so happy for you. <laughs> to those of us who are already saved, do you want to see God work through you? Do you want to see God work in the midst of our church in miracles and signs of wonders? Are you willing to pray and seek God for a mighty move of his spirit in, in you and in this church? Do you desire for God to use you? And are you willing to say, Lord, use me. Lord, fill me with your spirit and let your spirit flow through me to work miracles and signs and wonders so that lives will be touched and changed and bring glory to your name. If that's your heart's desire, would you stand to your feet? Lord, I want to see you do it again. I'm going to expect more in 2024. Expect more of your spirit flowing through me, more miracles. Just, just lift your hands to him right now and just begin to pray out and say, God, I'm going to expect more. I want to see you move in our midst. I want to see you move in my life. I make myself available to you. Just speak to God from your own heart right now as I pray over us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of these that are standing right now, Lord God. Father, I thank you that they're making a faith response to the word that they've heard this morning, Lord God. As we, we stand before you today, Lord God, our heart yearns, Lord, to see you do it again, Lord Jesus, to see you do what you did in the book of Acts today, because you said that you will do it in every generation, Lord God. And Father, we need a mighty move of your spirit in this generation, Father, so that those that do not know you will see your hand at work, and they will come to glorify your name, Lord God. So Father, we yield our to you today. We ask you to fill
fill us with your fullness, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit overflow our lives, Lord, in the gifts of your Spirit. Let miracles and signs and wonders follow after us, Lord God, as we go to work, as we go through our neighborhood, as we go through the store, and even as we minister here at these altars. Let your Spirit flow through us, Lord God, to do many mighty miracles in our midst. And Father, let us not limit you in any way by our thinking. Because you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so, Father, let us expect that this year. Let us expect that exceeding abundance of your mighty power working in and through us. So that your name would be exalted and many lives brought into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift? To help support our ministry, you can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.